Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning and welcome to Cox Media, Houston's public affairs show, FYI. My name is Susie Hanks. Houston is known as Space City, the Bayou City, Clutch City, but Houston can arguably also be called the Stray Dog City. And with us today is somebody who is fighting that problem, Gloria Medina Zenteno, who is the founder of the nonprofit Barrio Dogs. Good morning, Gloria. Hi, Susie. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Tell me about Barrio Dogs. What do you, uh, well, first of all, um, tell me about how you, you started this Barrio Dogs and, 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 and what it does. Well, I'm a native Houstonian, and I grew up in Greater East End. And about uh, 10 years ago, I moved back to the neighborhood where I grew up. I had been gone for a long time. And I was horrified with the amount of stray dogs, dogs on chains, packs of dogs, sick animals, dead dogs. And I would see these tragedies and then drive to my really great job in the Galleria and see a different life over there. People walking their dogs, healthy dogs on leashes, outfits, (laughs) drinking their Starbucks. And then I would drive home to my neighborhood and see disaster every day. So I was just really shocked that nobody was doing anything about it. Nobody was saying anything about it. So I started getting involved with uh, rescue groups, and there's a lot of great ones out there. But there was not one that was doing anything to help my community and really address that issue. So that's really how Barrio Dogs was born. We're not really a rescue group. Our bigger emphasis is education and community outreach. We get into the schools and talk to children, elementary, middle school, high school, about proper animal care Um, We do big spay and neuter initiatives in local parks, community centers, and sign up residents for free spay and neutering for their pets. Why do you think that it it is the problem there and not so much in other neighborhoods? What what, what are some of the contributing factors here? It's a few of them. I think it's um, lack of education, the economy, resources. Uh, In these communities, there's not access to low-cost free spay and neuter. Um, I think many residents genuinely do care, but don't have the means or the resources for these services. Are there less vets in those areas? There definitely is less vets in um, the East End, although it has improved. Um, There's other uh, areas in the city of Houston, like Fifth Ward, Southside, Third Ward, that do not have... Um, access to veterinarians and especially veterinarians that are low cost. Yeah, that's something that's a that, that's a problem. And also, um, it just seems as if it's kind of, uh, I guess, cultural. It's, it's part of the way it is. Uh, definitely. You see that um, it, it's generational. Um, it, it's a lot of work to try to educate people that have maybe uh, thought of their pets as property and not family. Um, but we are making big strides with the children. The children really understand and, and really absorb that knowledge and want to be future advocates for the animals. Yeah. 
We are talking with Gloria Medina Zenteno, who is the founder of the nonprofit Barrio Dogs. And so let's talk about that education and about getting and talking to the kids. How, how, how do you do that? We, um, as, as often as possible, um, we are all volunteers. So nobody on the staff gets paid for Barrio Dogs. And most of the team works. So when we're able, and we average at least a school twice a month. Somewhere in the East End, we're in an elementary school, middle school, uh, we've done uh, land trip, KIPP, Yes Prep, uh, Neighborhood Center. We do a lot of um, uh, programs with them where we go to the schools and we'll do a presentation on three of the big things, spay and neutering, why that's so important, why you shouldn't chain up your animals, why your animals shouldn't be roaming in the streets. And, and also we try to encourage them to report animal cruelty. Um, so a lot of times we'll bring one of our actual rescue dogs, we'll bring them to the school, we'll teach, we'll talk to the students about their life and how they were found on the streets, but they're giving back, um, and doing work in the community. What, what ages do you, um, go see? Elementary, middle school, and high school. And on occasion, we've actually had some college students that have helped us with volunteering and, and worked with us in the elementary schools. And that, that's really a big kick for the kids. Tell me about the kids' reactions when you go in there with a the dog and you start talking about it. The, the dogs usually steal the show. Of course, yes. Because <laughs> they're just very drawn to them. Um, they just really, they love animals. And so I think that's why it's so important to educate our young because they are the future um, of our communities. And that way they'll learn how to treat animals properly and the other big thing is they'll take this home and talk to their parents about it. Yeah. So we always make sure that we provide literature for the parents as well in English and Spanish for the children to take home. What kinds of questions do they ask you? They always want to know, um, you know, wh- if the dog can do tricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if the dog, where does it live? Um, they, We really have to work harder on educating them on how this dog was abandoned on the streets, it was suffering, because they they just don't connect that. And so our hopes are is that they can understand that story so that they see, if they see that firsthand in their community, and a lot of these children do, um, they'll understand that that's wrong, that this this dog shouldn't be living homeless on the streets, and this dog should be in a home with a family. And how does that happen? And, and, And why does it happen so much in certain areas and not so much in others? Um, How are the dogs ending up on the street? I think in in when we're out doing community outreach and we talk to these residents, we hear stories about there was a dog that was found at a park or there was two dogs that are, were just left homeless and they were roaming. So they took them in and one of them got pregnant and then they're just reproducing and they're overwhelmed. And these residents can't afford to fix all their animals and it just gets to be uncontrollable uh, and they're multiplying faster than we can keep up with and certainly these residents that are um, on fixed income have a hard time managing that yeah um, do do so the dogs they are abandoned or uh, I guess run away or but but then they're out there and they're they're having more and more are they are, are a lot of them completely feral dogs are there a lot of is, is there a problem with that we have both we've seen feral we've seen some that have just you know, run away, but unfortunately we can't trace them back because no collar, no tags, no microchip. We do try to educate residents about how important that is. 
I think another problem we have in the South is that breeding season is all year long. Mm. Uh, we don't have the problem that, say, the folks up North have. We have it more so because um, they're reproducing faster here. But that's more the reason why spay and neuter should just be a household name. It should be very common. Nobody should be breeding their animals or selling animals in the city of Houston. Not only do we have a stray dog street overpopulation issue, but we have shelters that cannot keep up with all the animals that are coming in to the shelters. Yeah. Um, do do they uh, do they form packs and kind of run together? And, and 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 what kind of problems does that cause? We've seen packs, and you know, you see the you know the the domestic dogs running by themselves that probably came from a home but got out. But you also see these packs of dogs. And unfortunately, it's not the dog's fault, but there's behaviors that start when you run in packs. They are survivors, street survivors, and so they need to eat. So it becomes a safety issue. It becomes a health issue and a quality of life concern for many Houstonians because these dogs can be dangerous. It's 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 just not right. Yeah, you hear stories like that from time to time about a pack of dogs and some uh, attacks and things. And that's just unacceptable. There shouldn't be communities where children uh, cannot walk safely or elderly people. I mean, in East End where I, I'm living, you know, my mom and dad were elderly. They live up next door. And I would not let them walk out in the community because of my fear of them getting attacked by some dogs. Tell me about the uh, the empowering part of, of the program. Right. So we try very much to empower uh, residents to to do more, to be their own hero, to, um, one for starters, get their animals spayed, neutered, and vaccinated. Um, try to educate. When we do that for residents, we do not ask for anything in return other than we try to empower them to educate their children, their relatives, their neighbors, and their community. It's kind of like a pay forward. Um, We help you, but please um, try to um, do more. Maybe talk about it in your church. Um, Anything to try to get this message out further. And then the other part of of your uh, philosophy is transforming, transforming. Right, because I do believe if we can do more of this, we can transform our communities. I mean, our communities should be safe and healthy, um, we shouldn't have to drive in a community, which I see daily, where dogs are running loose or a dead dog or a cat that's dead in the middle of the street. That should not be happening. So that's our transforming. So let's talk about some of the actual specific programs that you do. I'm talking with Gloria Medina Zenteno, who is the founder of the nonprofit Barrio Dogs, and one of them is Fix It. Tell me about that. Right. Fix It. That's where we... Um, we raise funds ourselves, Barrio Dogs, to um, sign up residents in um, some of the um, areas that are underserved for free spay, neuter, and vaccinations. So what we'll do is we'll pick a neighborhood like Hidalgo Park or De Zavala. Uh, we'll set up our tables and we'll walk the community and distribute literature, door hangers uh, in English and Spanish about our, our big thing, spay, neuter, uh, leash laws, and why your animals shouldn't roam the street and reporting animal cruelty. We'll invite them back to the park and we'll sign them up. And again, all we do is we ask them to, in return, is to educate their children, their relatives, their neighbor, and their community. It's been very successful. We 
to date have probably fixed almost nearly 3,000 pets wow. from the greater East End. And and do you set up there and do it, or do you have a mobile unit come in, or how does that work? We partner with local vets. We've worked uh, really closely with Gulfgate Animal Hospital and Emancipet Houston. So those two vets we work a lot with. How much is it to uh, spay or to neuter an animal? Well, most people think that it's very expensive, but uh, you can get low-cost vetting for about $65, uh, depending on the size of the animal. You know, that's still a lot. That's still expensive to a lot of people. And that's just the spay and neuter. That's not the vaccinations. That's not the microchipping. That's not heartworm and flea preventives every month. It is very costly to own a pet, and so that's why we're trying to help um, with these uh, residents that are not able to afford it. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, YAP program. Youth and Paws. That's where we come into the schools and we do an actual presentation about spay, neuter, um, how to take care of your pet properly. We'll distribute some of our storybooks. We have storybooks on our actual dogs, uh, dogs that have been rescued from the community and what they went through and how they're giving back to the community. Tell me about some of those dogs. Uh, we have... Um, Otis, our no more chain spokes dog. Oh, I used to have a dog named Otis. Aww. He is super. He was found with a collar embedded in his neck. Mm. Um, fortunately, he was saved, and he went through a lot of procedures and surgeries, but he is a wonderful, beautiful, healthy dog now and has an owner, but he has a storybook, and he does work in the community and meets the children, and then that, that way we are able to tell their story. We have another one on Rusty's Adventure. He was found in a drainage pipe in uh, an area in the East End, and he had trouble getting out. He had been down there for days, Mm. and so we were able to rescue him. And now he's a canine good citizen's dog. He's certified, and he can do um, work in the community. So we're really proud. We have, like, we have so many of these stories. Right now we have about, we're working on our sixth book. Um, when, when, because you said you're not a rescue, um, but then here you are r- really involved in that. I know. We do a lot, even though we're not a rescue group, there are so many dogs that it's very difficult for us to turn our backs How on. How can you say no? You right. can't. We can't. And so we have saved and rescued. We have currently about 20 to 30 dogs in our program that's really a small number compared to some of these other animal groups, rescue groups. They have, you know, between 50 to hundreds of groups in their program because that's, there's so many out there. Unfortunately, the city of Houston has a huge animal overpopulation issue on the streets of Houston. Not everybody in Houston understands that, but it is happening seriously in communities like the East End, Third Ward, Fifth Ward, South Side, um, it's just overwhelming, and I just think that we got here because um, the last 10 years there hasn't been um, an increased awareness about the importance of spay and neutering. Um, our budget compared to other cities uh, for animal welfare is lower than others. Um, we are working harder um, to um, partner with city leaders about this big issue, It was our inspiration to start a group called Unity for a Solution. Unity for a Solution was started by Barrio Dogs, Corridor Rescue, and the Forgotten Dogs of the Fifth Ward. But since then, we now have 40 partners, not only animal welfare groups, 
but local businesses, civic associations that want to work with the city of Houston, our mayor, and elected officials to do something bigger. Uh, and we are working on a project that will happen um, during World Spay Day, February 2017th. I don't have all the details yet, but it will happen, and it's going to be an annual event, um, but there'll be more to come on that. Um, tell me about uh, what, uh, what, what, can we talk about numbers? Do you have, is there any idea of how many um, uh, feral dogs or how many uh, abandoned dogs there are out there? Right. According to Bark, um, we don't know the number exactly, but we do see the problem firsthand. But according to Bark, they estimate there's over one, nearly 1.2 million homeless street animals and cats. Dogs and cats. That just sounds overwhelming. To me, I, I imagine just the streets would be full of them. But where, uh, where are they other than, I mean, they're there, but they're also hiding or in certain areas? or is the, the it's, it's definitely certain areas. As I mentioned, I, I work in the Galleria. I don't see that happening no. anywhere. Mm-hmm. But there are, Houston is a very large city. And again, we didn't come up with that number. I'm not sure how... Bark uh, came up with that number, whether it's a million or less, there is a lot. There's a lot of animals out there reproducing, and so we need to do something on a grander scale um, to get this under control. Um, who in the city is, uh, uh, I guess, on your side? Who in the city is talking to you and really believes that this is uh, that this is something worthwhile? Do you have any buddy on city council or or with the city who's really trying to help you oh i definitely have to give uh lots of credit to uh councilman robert gallegos he's from our district and he's been doing a lot to help us with that issue also council member um uh carla cisneros she's been helping a lot and she we've been having discussions with her and uh gallegos about doing a big citywide awareness event that will happen in conjunction with World Spay Day, February 2017. So they're well aware of the problem. I know the mayor, uh, Sylvester Turner, knows as well. Um, so our hopes are that we will, we are going to do this big event. And it'll be an annual event so that the city of Houston uh, can do better for the animals. Yeah. Tell me about your facility. Do you have a facility or is it your house? <laughs> right. I mean, due to popular belief, people think that we actually have an office, a shelter, or location. Barrio Dogs has no shelter, no office, no facility. We are just a handful of volunteers, dedicated volunteers that care about this issue. All of us work full time, so we just do this in our spare time. And so when you say you have 20 dogs in the program, does that mean everybody's got a dog at their house? <laughs> well, not completely. We work with fosters, and unfortunately we have to keep some in boarding, which is very costly, but we try to keep that down to a minimum. And again, Barrio Dogs, our bigger emphasis is prevention. Prevention, education, we really uh, would rather send, spend most of our budget on spay, neuter, vaccinations, on prevention, so we're not rescuing so much although that does come into play I mean we just rescued a dog at our fourth of July event at Hidalgo Park he was just in terrible shape and we took him in and one of his eyes was infected he may lose his eye but he's on his way back to being rehabilitated and he's just the sweetest 
dog that will probably end up being in our therapy program. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the therapy program. That's something else that you do. Right. So we try to show the community that these dogs are are great companion dogs. They're very sweet. Um, so our gentle demeanor dogs we put in our therapy program where we go and visit nursing homes and hospitals. We've been doing some great efforts at the St. Dominic Village, which is a senior community and also the Amazing Place, um, which is a daycare center for people that have dementia. You wouldn't believe it's just such a rewarding experience to see the reaction of these uh, seniors, you know, when they see these beautiful dogs. And it's just it's just something that everybody should see. It's a great great feeling. Um, a couple of years ago, my dad had a stroke, and my dad has um, a very um, – he has a fur baby. He has a child, uh, uh, Stewie, who is a, his dog. And so we, uh, the the rehab facility let us take Stewie in to see my dad. And we would walk in with him. And not only was this fantastic for my dad to see him, but everybody just lit up when you walked in the room with the dog. It really is amazing. Yes. I mean, I wish there was more of us to do more of these events. Uh, when we um, came to the St. Dominic Village, they were like, can you guys come every week? <laughs> we're coming once a month, um, and we're really happy about that. But we just need more volunteers. So if there's anybody that's interested in volunteering in our education therapy uh, programs, please email us at info at bariodogs.org. We are talking with Gloria Medina Zenteno, who is the founder of the nonprofit Barrio Dogs. Tell me about the Barrio Watchdog Program. That's where we're trying to encourage people to report animal cruelty. I think people, um, one, don't know how to report, and so we provide information on who they are to call. The other is I think people are just fearful to report. They think if they report, they're going to get in trouble, or somehow the resident's going to know it was them. And so we try to educate them that um, their name remains anonymous. But if they don't feel comfortable doing that, we would do it on their behalf. I have a girlfriend who is um, a a true animal lover, and she reported a neighbor, and the neighbor um, started to retaliate, and and then uh, she got evicted because the neighbor was complaining to her landlord about her, and it it just turned out terribly, but she really did feel that this animal was being abused, and she reported it. That can be very hard. That is, yeah, that's that's such a struggle, and it's sad to hear that, um, but I think surely she feels better. Mm-hmm. She at least spoke up for that animal. I think, you know, we have to be the voice for them because um, who else is going to do it? Right. There's got to be a way to be able to do it anonymously or whatever, To and, and, and that's how you, you, you can help tell people how to do that. Yes. So if you go to bariodogs.org, um, under our programs, we have information on our Barrio Watchdog program. Um, tell me about the Tales to Tales. So we use our dogs again um, in settings. There's proven studies that um, children have struggles with reading sometimes amongst their teachers or their classmates. And so we use um, some of our um, gentle dogs to come into a school setting, a library setting, Um, to allow a student to read to a dog. And the teacher may pick maybe a handful of students that are struggling um, and have us come in once a week or in a library setting where they get the opportunity to read 
to a dog. Okay, so they read to the dog. And do the dogs uh, like that? Oh, <laughs> do they have favorite stories? <laughs> the dogs love any kind of human companionship. I mean, they just love the feeling of being needed. And it's amazing. You see that happening with them and the students. Tell me about um, Home for All. That is where we do have rescue dogs that we need to try to rehabilitate them to be put in a domesticated home. Unfortunately, some of the dogs that we rescue off the streets, they could have been out on the streets for, you know, weeks, months, a year, we don't know, and they could have a history of abuse or neglect. And so these dogs take time to get rehabilitated so that they can be adoptable in a domesticated home. So our Home for All program is where we do some training, um, dog walking, and just a lot more human interaction so that there's no fears and they are more adoptable. Getting the dog out there. I have a girlfriend who's, um, her husband brought home a dog, uh, rescued a dog, and um, that dog will not leave his side. He, that dog knows that that man saved her life and is so, is so entirely grace, grateful. Do you see that from, from a lot of the animals, don't they? They express their gratitude. Oh, they do. And they, you know, they just, they have, they're so um, committed to their, their rescuer. And um, it's just, a, you know, it's amazing because you wonder what they went through um, and they understand that you saved me. So um, it's hard because we will rescue some of these dogs and we have to make sure that they don't get too attached to, say, a foster or to one person because we have to make them adoptable to go to another home. So that's what our Home for All program is more about. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always seeing these videos on Facebook, social media, the Internet, where they will find a a dog in in some horrible condition somewhere, matted over, sick, dirty. Take the dog home and and give her a bath and 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 clip her and and she, you know, starts to kind of blossom with a little bit of love and attention. And they oftentimes end up being just the best dogs in the world. They're the best. I mean, the you know, in our neighborhood in East End and some of the street dogs we find, they're a lot of times they're the hardest to adopt. The mixed mutts. Um, but I think those are the best dogs ever. Um, you know, people that are trying to breed to get this, you know, um, purebred something. I, I just, I don't know. Why do that when there's so many others that need homes? There's so many in the shelters um, that would make just the most perfect dogs. How, um, how did you ever see yourself in this position? Have you been a, an, an animal lover your whole <laughs> life and thought you'd be heading up an organization like this, or did it just kind of come out of you seeing this need? Never. People will be shocked to know that I was not even an animal person. <laughs> I mean, my whole family was like, what are you doing? Because I, I, I didn't even see it coming. I think moving away from my neighborhood for so long and then coming back and seeing this I was like, why isn't anybody doing anything about it? So I guess that's why I was more on the um, get to the root of the problem. Let's prevent this kind of attitude, more uh, transforming the community. How can we do this on a grander scale? Um, Because really I wasn't a rescuer type, 
even though we have rescued many dogs. Um, so that's really how it came about. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much. We've been talking with Gloria Medina Zenteno, who is the founder of the nonprofit Barrio Dogs. Do you have any fundraisers coming up? How do you get your money? Do you have something that that uh, that that you need? And 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 how can people get a hold of you to help? We are um, all mainly private donations, and we do a lot of fundraisers. We'll be doing something in the White Linen in the Heights. Um, that's coming up, and um, if you just you know, want to uh, open your heart and give us a donation, you can uh, go online at www.bariodogs.org. And we are always looking for fosters, volunteers, um, so you can find information there on how to contact us. And if somebody wanted to say, okay, I'm going to donate some money, but I want it to go to um, to a spay or, or neuter, or I want it to go to specifically, can you accommodate that? Oh, absolutely. And our next um, Barrio Dogs Fix It will be the first Saturday in September, and we'll be in Fondy Park. And we plan to um, do the same thing, provide spay and neuter uh, vaccinations for free in conjunction with either Gulfgate Animal Hospital or Amanda Pet. Um, so we could always use donations for that event coming up in September. Okay. Thank you very much, Gloria Medina Zenteno, the founder of the nonprofit Barrio Dogs. What's the website again? It's B-A-R-R-I-O-D-O-G-S dot org. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you, Susie. My name is Susie Hanks. You've been listening to FYI. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.